Does the law really work the way TV and movies depict? Let's discuss with Christine and Christine. Hi, everyone. I am Christine Madison. We're so happy for all of you to join us again for another episode. It's episode 14 of Law and Pop Culture. And again, I am Christine Mattis. And I'm Christine Karen Sahagurski. And this is the podcast where we talk about things that we've seen in the movies, things we've seen on TV, or even things that we've read in the news, things that we've heard about celebrities go through. And we ask that burning question, does that really happen? So good to see you, Chris. I know, same here. Hope you have a good weekend, Chris. Yeah, it was. It was busy and my allergies were really uh, uncontrollable. But then today they are. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just allergic being home. I, I don't know what the, what the problem is. I'm like, now I'm here. I'm like, none of this. I wish I had this during the weekend. But anyway, uh, it is what it is. And I it's cold. It. It's like, oh, I know. It's cold in Jersey. It was just so nice and warm over the weekend and then got cold. And now it's my turn for the allergies, Chris. Oh, just, just where it goes that way, right? Just really, I mean, it. and it changes. I used to be a fall allergy person. Now I'm spring. Now it now it sometimes it feels it's all year round. I, I don't know. And it's just it's miserable. And I, I feel like I wish I had a sign to tell people it's just allergies, nothing more. Please don't get nervous. You know, I, I just I, I'm so paranoid when I walk around and I'm like, I sneeze. I'm like, it's allergies. I feel like I have to justify everything. But anyway, I know exactly. Oh gosh. Well, I'm excited about this episode. Uh, this is fun. Um, go ahead, Chris. Maybe you want to tell yeah. us what we're going to be chatting about? It's going to be fun. absolutely. And this was really a good movie. And I, I got to tell you, I love how they did their accents in this movie. I was so all over the place. Impressed. I know. And Kylo Ren, I can love. It. Anyway, he's all a right. good actor. He's really good. He's really so, good. Yes. Let's talk about the movie. It's how and I guess we'll just say spoiler alert. You know, that's something I haven't really been doing. But oh, yeah. I do feel like, you know what? For all the movies, all the shows we talk about, anything in the news, yeah, there's a spoiler alert because we just have to get to the end when we we have to just tell you everything. So that's how we go through. So I never want, I want to listen to the like, they told us the whole thing. So if you haven't watched it yet, pause, watch the movie, then come back. All right, that's it. That's my only, that's my thing. I want my disclosure. Yes, exactly. My little disclaimer for everything. All right, just, just in case you just wasn't, you weren't sure, we're going to talk about the movie. And we're going to tell you what's going to happen because the whole thing is relevant for estate planning or succession planning as it is in this case. So we're talking about House of Gucci. Really fantastic movie. I, I just love it. The House of Gucci uh, is a story that's inspired by the family empire behind the Italian fashion house of Gucci. So starts off with uh, Lady Gaga as Patricia Pat Patrizia Reggiani. I got to say it right, right? Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, I try. Uh, so she meets, uh, she's at a party and she meets Maurizio Gucci. Maurizio is the son of Aldo. Oh, did I get that right? Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. going to make sure I got that right. Yeah. Uh, uh, is, yeah. Well, his father is Rodolfo. Sorry, Rodolfo. Rodolfo. Oh, gosh, I got him all confused now. Okay, let's let's start. Let's go backwards. Okay. So Patricia is young. She's attractive. She's she she's a she's an office manager for her father's business. She has a you know, they have a business. Don't get me wrong. She's, she's not totally, a you know, a 
flavor, but <laughs> she's at a party and she meets Maurizio Gucci. And he is a, at that time, a law student. He's heir to 50%, uh, to a 50% interest in the Gucci fashion house. Woohoo! Because his father is 50% owner. The other 50% is owned by Rodolfo's brother, Aldo, who also has a son, Paolo. Anyway, mm -hmm. all right. Go back into uh, going back to uh, Patricia, Patricia, and uh, Maurizio. They get, you know, they're they're in love. Some nice scenes, whatever the case might be. <laughs> and Patricia meets Rodolfo, Mauricio's brother. And of course, Rodolfo says, "You know, she's not the right person for you. I think she's just after your money." And he's like, "I don't, you know." Uh, yeah. So he said, "I don't care. You know, I'm marrying her anyway. I don't care what you what you want." And sure enough, there's a falling out between father and son. And somehow, um, father is getting old and it brings um, his son back into his life uh, because turns out that they have a child together, um, you know, Patricia and uh, Mauricio. Right. I'm trying to get these accents right then and I'm forgetting about the story. You're doing better than I could do, but uh, yeah, I get yeah. it, I get it. <laughs> exactly. So. He find, you know, he he brings him back into the business because you know he has a grandchild now. He's happy. Passes away shortly after, and then the power struggle begins. Right, right. now um, he inherits his half of Gucci, but there was some document that wasn't signed transferring Rodolfo's shares of Gucci to his son Maurizio, yeah. and so that's where it kind of started. That's where the problem started. And apparently, you know, in Italy, where this is all happening, uh, because the transfer didn't happen at the time, I mean, after it was going to happen after uh, the death of Rodolfo, there was going to be like a huge inheritance tax or some kind of tax, whatever, transfer tax. Yeah. Um, and it was forged. Um, so that was going to cause, obviously, a reduction of their assets. And guess what? This does happen in real life, but let me let me digress. I'm digressing right no, now. No, you're right. <laughs> How many times have we had information? Like you know, we're things that just have to get done. Um, yes, unfortunately, yes. you know, we always follow up with our clients. But there's been times where people hire us, want us to do their will, and then we're like, okay, time to sign. We're thinking like, where are you? And that's mm -hmm. it's interesting to me. It's very interesting when that happens. And so we do everything to make sure you know we're on you. But, mm -hmm. you know, there really has to be some some action on the other. We There's nothing we could do. If you don't come in and sign it, it's an in, it's not effect. It's not in effect. Oh, exactly. 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 <laughs> well, anyhow, after that, after they discovered that this, these shares of stock were not transferred, when they were transferred to Maurizio, they, they forged it. It was supposed to be, you know, after he passed away, they did it for before he passed away. And sure enough, like you see how Patricia is starting to, to devise a plot to have a more controlling interest in the Gucci family, the house of Gucci, family empire, right? Yep. She's trying to acquire the other half, which yeah. is Aldo's share, which should pass on to his son, Paolo. And she convinces Maurizio, who really has very little interest in the company, to take a more active role in the company. Mm -hmm. um, and then... A lot of things are happening now because somehow Aldo was evading taxes in the U.S. Yep. So if he gets arrested by the IRS, um, then because of that whole, um, you know, the transfer of that, uh, the shares of stock, Maurizio's house got raided 
Um, lots of things are going on. But in terms of that whole succession planning, Chris, yeah. I feel like now I'm not even going to tell the end of the story, right? <laughs> Go right to the meat of like, what's the problem yeah. here? Let's go to the meat of that whole succession planning. And I think that you really hit it right on the nose. Nothing is effective until it's actually signed. You know, right. people say, I had a client the other day coming into the office and say, okay, I got you to write my will. I paid you the retainer. So everything's good. If I walk out of here, you know, everything's going to go the way the will says. I was like, no. Because we're going to actually have to make sure it's properly signed. You, at the time that you are signing it, were competent to sign such a document. And I have witnessed to say that they've seen you and they saw you signing the document and everything has to be notarized. Yeah. I so, mean, there's a bit of a ceremony to get mm-hmm. this signed. I know a lot of times people, you know, they'll say, well, Chris, if you just mail it to me, I'll get it done. And, you know, perhaps if you're experienced, perhaps if you know the rules, great. But uh, it's so particular because if it's not done properly, it's not valid. I mean, it, I can't tell how many times we've had wills where we saw wrong people signing the wrong places, people mm-hmm. signing when they shouldn't be signing. There's certain people who should not be involved as a witness. They don't have the right number of witnesses. They don't have it notarized. They don't. I mean, it's so the list can go on, but that mm-hmm. last part is so critical. If you don't get it right, everything you wrote is can be thrown out the window as if you didn't exactly. write anything. It's so that, interesting, right? Mm-hmm. That part yeah. is critical. It's Absolutely. Important. And if it's not entirely, you know, and, and there are, you know, to be honest, you know, and under New Jersey law, there are ways to have wills that are not, you know, following every single strict thing in the book, but there are limitations, you know. Right. There are people who can prepare wills, you know, who self-prepare wills. And sure, have they gone through court? Absolutely. But not easily, you know, right. not not without a fight almost, exactly. you know, because there are just certain things in a will that have to be there so you can avoid all the other challenges that the court requires you to have. And without those things, it's like a lawsuit, <laughs> you know, and exactly. so that's why it's so important, you know, when people tell me, you know what, on Facebook, I saw somebody asking, oh, oh, I'd love to get a referral to an attorney. I'd like to, you know, I just want to get a will done. And somebody in the bottom says, I just went to legal Zoom. I just went to Sue's Orman. No offense, they're great. And there's great information there. There's a lot of information that you can get from these different websites, but critical to really look at the fine print if you're going to yeah. follow because you just never know. They're, they're not liable to you if things go wrong. <laughs> you know, nothing's nothing's going, you know, nobody's going to go back to LegalZoom and say, you told me this was enough. Not going to be enough, <laughs> you know, yeah. but at least but at least you have a little recourse with an attorney. Yeah. That's my, and that's you know, my the thing one thing I, I think was good was that they actually had some type of estate planning though, Chris, yeah. you know, it wasn't updated mm-hmm. to what he wanted, but at least he had it because yeah. how many celebrities that we know have nothing in place and it's so odd when that happens because i feel like they have advisors for everything from what to wear how to sound how to put things on social media you wouldn't mm-hmm. you would think there's an advisor say like you know you better let's get our affairs in order god forbid we become <laughs> disabled god forbid we die you know what happened yeah, yeah. so that that's always surprising to me when they don't have something like that right but yeah exactly. you're right i mean they gotta have it, there's just a whole there's a whole procedure of how to get this done and it doesn't have to be hard, but we also have to follow through, you know, that's, right. that's the hard part, exactly. um, you know, and, and, you know, I guess this is a good segue though, Chris, into the real life issues of what happened to Gucci because the movie, I think the movie did a great job mm-hmm. in talking about the issues they have. If you have a family business, why it's important to have everything set up 
executed in place, you know, and, and in writing, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on by verbal this and verbal that. And I know a lot of families mm-hmm. do that, that we know someone so is going to step up and take over because that person's been there. But if you really don't have anything in writing, it really opens up the family to a lot of problems, mm-hmm. but also, you know, the documents that are created, say with our firm, we also address potential problems that could happen in the future and who's in charge. What's, what should we do about these things? So, you know, just going back for some of the things that maybe the movie didn't thoroughly go into just a little bit more background. So we have Gucci, um, Mm -hmm. Guccio Gucci. They founded the empire in the early 1900s in Florence, Italy, of all places. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I was thinking either Florence or Milan. I don't know why, but okay, Florence. (laughs) Now Gucci and his wife, Alda, they married in 1901. Is that something that was, I didn't realize it was, you know, way back then they had six children, five sons, one daughter, and his son, Hugo Gucci, he was adopted, born from Aida Calvelli's previous relationship. He has a son, Enzo, who died in childhood. And then he has other sons, Vasco, Aldo, Udo, Rodolfo. You know, these are things that probably, you know, the movie just couldn't get into. So when Guccio died in 1953, the business was taken over by the oldest son, Aldo. And he grew it to what we know now as we see it as this fashion icon. And under his, um, you know, leadership, Gucci became like a premier type of brand name. When their brother Vasco passed away in 1974, Adolfo and Aldo and Rodolfo, they divided the business among themselves. Aldo was chairman for about 33 years. And in real life, he had four kids three sons from a first marriage, one daughter from an affair, and all his sons were involved in the fashion house. Um, But now knowing all that history, we come down to some of the major issues that happened in the movie, like the tax fraud that was, Mm -hmm. uh, that was a big deal. So Aldo was sentenced to prison. Um, Mm -hmm. So Aldo's son, Paulo, right? He wanted to launch that new fashion line. And when his father and uncle said, no, we're not doing that, he did it behind their backs. So that's already like an issue there. And he was fired, exiled from the family business. IRS began to investigate. And after a struggle with the company um, over the control of the business, uh, a 1982 lawsuit filed against the Gucci shops by Aldo's son, Paulo. Um, who had just been fired. So then in 1986, Gucci pled guilty to one count of conspiracy, two counts of fraud in the scheme with using foreign corporations. Um, And so unfortunately, you know, you know, 15 years in prison, that's really what's terrible. He faced 15 years. Um, He was, he had to serve a year and a day in federal for conspiracy to evade more than $7.4 million in income tax, Mm -hmm. U.S. income tax. Um, you know, and that's, and it was big, you know, it was really big now. And there were so many layers in this house of Gucci. So that's one issue that they had to figure out, you know, what was going on. The other mm-hmm. though, to me was the inheritance tax issue. Uh-huh. Um, so Maurizio, right. Um, so he was accused of having arranged the falsification of the signature on documents to avoid paying the inheritance tax. Um, and, you know, New Jersey, you know, that was in Italy in New Jersey, we're one of six states that have inheritance tax. Here, inheritance tax is based upon who is receiving it. So it sounds like in Italy, it might be on the same vein because he was disinherited. There must be some type of layer involved when he wasn't involved. So now there's an inheritance tax involved 
with him. And it, and it can be big in Jersey as well. So Paulo, he requires proof that Aldo had been evading taxes in the U.S. He gives proof mm-hmm. to Patricia in exchange for her promise that he'll be allowed to design his own line. Aldo arrested by the IRS, sentenced to a year and a day in prison. Patricia uh, lies to the Italian police, tells him Paulo is not authorized to use Gucci trademark. The police stop the fashion show by show by force. I mean, I can only imagine seeing all this. Like if you're a witness to like, there's a fashion show that was happening and the police comes through. Oh my God. Um, The Italian police, they ransack Maurizio's house, the attempt to arrest Maurizio for forging the uh, signature, Rodolfo's signature. So, I mean, when you keep going on and on and on, um, again, uh, here are situations where people are desperate to make things work, desperate to um, find a solution, and these are not the right types of solutions. I mean, if this was a situation where we felt there was an inherent tax line, um, you know, it's limited when documents aren't executed. There really isn't much to do, you know, if, um, you know, there was something that needed to be avoided if we needed a signature. Sometimes there are ways that we can go to court. Um, there could be exceptions. We can have constructive trust created. We can have, there are solutions, but they're not perfect. They're expensive. They're lengthy. Um, so, I mean, to me, word of the wise, when I read all of this, when I was going through with the real life, what was going on with Gucci, um, you know, definitely forging was not the right idea. Um, and sometimes you have to just deal the way the chips fall. It's just unfortunate. Um, and maybe, you know, could there be other solutions? Maybe, like I said, there are sometimes court intervention. Again, we're dealing with another country, you know, but in, in the States, you know, there might be ways. I can't predict everything, you know, especially when it comes to what our taxes do. They're not mm-hmm. really, there's not a lot of solutions for that. The money is due and the money is due, you know, there are extensions, payment plans, things like that. Um, but definitely forging is a big no-no. So that, that, if you don't take that away from, from what you watched and what you heard, that, that's really not going to work. Um, right. But succession planning is so vital for any business to create a legacy, to keep it going. Because really, Chris, what's funny is that, It's not funny, actually, but 80% of businesses don't have a succession plan. And that's why they fail when the principal, the creator, the the parent, when they pass, then it's done because no one knows what to do. Um, Perhaps they didn't educate, you know, family members of what the plans were, who's, you know, you want to groom them. You want to start them in a plan. You know, they say the ideal time to start your planning is at least five years before you think you're going to retire. So -hmm. then you're thinking, am I... Am I rising, raising someone within the company or am I getting an outside source? Whoever it is, you want them to get familiar with how you do things. Are you selling? Are you giving them turnkey access? I mean, whatever your plan is, it does take time to iron out. So planning, succession planning, you, you really need to, if you take your business seriously, you want to treat how you end it seriously. You know, I'm sure all of us didn't just open up our businesses on a whim and just say, like, let's see what happens, you know, and you don't want to end it that way either. Like, let's see what happens. You know, there's lives at stake here and all your hard work. You want it to continue. Um, So I I do feel that talking to professionals, you need a team. Of course, you need an attorney. You need Mm -hmm. your CPA and your financial advisor and insurance advisors, too, because there's Mm -hmm. tools that can keep a business floating when you're not there. Uh, I can't tell you how I think important insurance is with everybody. They don't realize how the, you know, that those tools can help fund the business to keep paying salaries until you decide maybe if the business is going to 
And when you end, you just can't stop it. There's, I'm sure, orders to fulfill, services to finish. So people mm-hmm. are working for that. You want to continue those salaries until uh, the task is done. Um, those are things to think about. But it's so important to incorporate that in your estate planning, to mention it. Um, not only do you need you know, things written out in your plan, but you know, if you're an LLC, get an operating agreement. If you're a corporation, get your bylaws in order, get your, you know, all of those things in order. Um, I can't, you know, emphasize that enough because so many places, so many people come to us, they're saying we have a partnership, we open a business. And then I ask, well, do you have an operating agreement? Do you have a partnership agreement? And most people say no. And that's where you want to have in place because it's kind of like a prenup for businesses. What will happen? Exactly. I don't want to do this anymore. If I die, if I become disabled, you know, Mm -hmm. do you want to be, I have one where there was an LLC, nothing in writing. And so now it's looking like mom is working with stepchildren to run this building. And I really don't think that was a plan. I don't think that was the plan to have everyone involved so many, but there is no plan. So they're they're all involved. They all, because, you know, that 50% share can be inherited by your next of kin, by uh, those there without anything else in writing, you know, and you may be having people have no experience in this type of business calling the shots. And that's very frustrating. And so sometimes your only choice is to be bought out and just to be done with it. Um, you know, and that's, that's sad. So that's, that's what I really think should be done. Uh, I don't know, Chris, if there's anything, I mean, I forgot to mention, but those are things that, you really, you really want a succession plan. Yeah. Things are writing. That's it. No, I, those are really good tips, Chris. We need a seminar on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But and also, like, who's involved, right? Like, so much. Yeah. You just need a team that's involved because otherwise, you know, you want to look at all facets about it because you work so hard to create these corporations, these businesses. You just want to get the right advice and, and then create it the right way. Um, but I thought it was a fun show. It was a great way to put things together in perspective and seeing real life no-nos and real life what happens, you know, yes. when, when there's not, not enough planning, you know, even those big corporations, it's just, yes. it's amazing when that happens. It's even at the top of the food chain, the Gucci of all yeah. places, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, you would think they're all in order, but no, everybody, no there's worries. no commune, everybody has it. So yeah, yeah. there you go. But, um, you know, I think that was fun. So thank you everyone for tuning in. We had a great time watching this one. Tune in for our next episode where we're going to talk about more about law and pop culture and how they intertwine and answer more of your questions. Thanks, everybody. Have a good evening. Thanks for listening. For more, go to MattisLaw.com.